0: Welcome to another episode of The Unconditioned Life with me, Linda Downey. If you're ready to leave the stress and the pain of your past so that you can create a joyful and vibrant life for your future, then you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. How are you? Welcome to this episode of The Unconditioned Life. I'm Linda Downey, and we're going to talk today about three ways that you might notice trauma from your past is showing up in your life today. So we will be talking about a few, there's actually probably more than three ways, but these are the three biggest ways. And I'm just going to ask you to think about your life as we go through this conversation, what what have you noticed in your life and start to look and see, is there a connection? Okay. So welcome to this episode. This is streaming in multiple places. I would love for you to say hello. Um, If you do say hello and I don't respond, it's because I can't see in the moment from where you are, but I will get back later and check, but I'd love to know who you are, where you're listening from. If you watch the replay later, welcome to that as well. And please say hello. Okay, so again, today's topic, three ways that you might see trauma from your past. And I'll, I'll define what trauma is um, for this conversation, at least uh, trauma from your past and how it's showing up in your life today. And then maybe some tips if we get to it on how you can start to shift that. So when I talk about trauma, there's a whole spectrum, a whole range, but really it's life experiences. Some people have very significant trauma, things that happened in their past, things that never should happen to someone. So that's very impactful trauma, things like being molested or child abuse or whatever it is, an abusive relationship as an adult, all of that is traumatic but also life experiences that are pretty normal, that can be just part of what we all do. We all experience life things that are traumatic for us because if those experiences cause us to have a negative emotion, cause us to feel anger, cause us to feel guilt or shame. So it might just be someone saying something to you and all of a sudden you feel shame like, Oh, what's wrong with me? That's traumatic. So there's a whole range and spectrum of, of that. So if you're someone who didn't have any of the big, really devastating things happen to them, I'm glad to hear that. But don't discount this conversation because there's still plenty of places that your experiences from the past could be affecting how you make your choices, how your life is playing out now. Okay. So as I said, trauma is an experience where we have an, an emotion in the moment. And then as a response to that emotion, we make a decision about ourselves, we make a decision or we create a belief. That's, that's how it pretty much happens. Something happens, somebody says something to us. And in that moment, we have a feeling of anger, or we have a feeling of Shame. You know, somebody says, what's wrong with you? Why would you do that? I can't. I, I thought I taught you better than that. Or um, no, you you can't go out. I told you you could go out, but I changed my mind. You can't go. So anger, frustration, shame, whatever it is. And then in response to that emotion, we create a belief or um, like a belief or a decision about ourselves and it's typically about ourselves and or about life that's what that's where those beliefs and those decisions are going to show up so let's talk about three areas that you may be noticing traumas in your past and what's so interesting is a lot of people think i thought i dealt with that oh my god that was 40 years ago I totally went to therapy about that. It doesn't mean that there's still not an impact. It doesn't mean that it's still not affecting your life. And it doesn't mean that you've healed inside. So maybe you did deal with it up here in your head, but it doesn't mean you dealt with it in your spirit and in your heart. And that is where the memories and the images of those memories and those experiences live. That's why you know, as we go through work together, as I work with a lot of the women that I work with, they're really like, wow, I thought that was I thought that was a done deal, but clearly it's not. Okay, so here are the ways that trauma shows up: self-gratification. So self-gratification involves doing something to make ourselves feel good. Now, here's what I really want to point out: this is super important. It's not so much the what You're doing it's more the why you do it. So, any of these examples that I give are not bad things in and of themselves at all. All right, so it's not like, oh, I'm never supposed to do this or that. No, that's not the point. It's more why. Why am I doing these things? That's where you want to look, that's where you want to shine the light. Okay, so self gratification first in the area of our five senses. So, anything that makes us feel better through our senses that might be eating food foods that aren't good for us or too much food or um, it might be alcohol it might be anything that is going to from a sensory point of view have us feel get feel better it might be inappropriate sex um, you know addicted to porn or in your relationship, not staying faithful, anything like that, where there's a gratification through your five senses. That's one place where you're compensating for trauma from the past. So if you have tried diets, if you have, you know, cut out certain foods, if you've decided through sheer willpower, I'm going to change this behavior, any of those things, right? If it's inappropriate choices around sex, if it's drugs, if it's alcohol, if it's food, and you decide I'm going to change this behavior, and you do good for a while, you you start out with that diet, and you're really gung-ho, and you stick with it for a week, two weeks, whatever it is, but at some point things start to leak back in, that's because willpower is not going to handle this situation. If you're you know, not responding to trauma, if it's really just like, um, you know, I need to shift my diet, I want to drop some weight, or I want to feel healthier, those people don't need to white knuckle it through, you know, there's a, a learning curve, but they're not using those that self gratification as a response to something in their past. That's why those people are successful. And if you haven't been, start to think about, as I said at the beginning of the conversation, start to think about how this might be showing up for you. So self-gratification was the first area to look at, specifically through your five senses. So what you eat, what you drink, behaviors around sex, et cetera. The next one would be harmful desires For stuff, so it's not so much about your five senses and feeling better, but it's more about I need to buy more things. I'm at night, I'm on, um, I never watch TV at night, so what's it called? Like the shopping networks, and I end up ordering this and ordering that and ordering this, or I go to the store and I buy a bunch of stuff. So it's a need for stuff that makes you feel better. Um, This can include clothes, it might include. Houses, you know, things on a bigger scale, collectibles, jewelry, gadgets, shoes, whatever it is. You don't really need the stuff, but it's self-gratification. You feel better when you're collecting, when you're buying stuff. That's a big part. You know, this is a, a severe extreme, but people who are hoarders, when people are hoarding, there's multiple things that go into that. But this is one of them feeling the need to save and collect things, there's also the fear of being out of control and the fear and and trust issues about I'll be okay if I don't have all this stuff. So all of that's coming in at an extreme level for somebody who would be a hoarder, okay? But anywhere again along the spectrum, if that's what you do, like, yeah, I have, you know, 10 pairs of black pumps or I have Twelve little clutch pocketbooks, or we have three cars parked in the garage that we never use, etc. That kind of stuff. It's a self gratification through things. <clears throat> so if you're jumping on late QBC, thank you. I couldn't think of it. Uh, somebody just left a comment as I was struggling for the the shopping stuff that people buy from, um, and Amazon I'm sure went through the roof because so many people. Struggle through this because it's so easy to go on Amazon and in a moment order something and you feel better. So, for people who are jumping on, just a quick recap I'm talking about the ways that you're living your life now, which could be a response from past traumas, from past experiences, both really big and maybe not so big, but they still have the impact on you. So, self gratification through your senses, what you eat. What you drink, your sex, the way you behave in a sexual relationship, if you're, you know, and again, it doesn't matter, it, or it's not so much the what, it's the why. Why are we doing this? So eating, you know, something any any one time is not a big deal, but it's the why you need to do it over and over. It's the why that you can't necessarily stay on a diet or change any other behavior just through willpower because willpower is not going to serve you here. So we did the self-gratification through your five senses we did self-gratification through purchasing things, having a lot of things and collecting them and then the third one in under self-gratification so self-gratification is one topic of the three that I said and we've got a few few subtopics there. The third subtopic under self-gratification is, um, the way that you are in, in relationships and in the world, being very prideful. So it's like everything depends on how I look. Everything depends on how I show up. It's really, really important to me to make sure that everybody thinks I'm the best at this or to be the one that shows up with the best body or the best partner or the best job, live in the best house. Whatever it is um, that's important for that person or for you if this is landing is um, somewhat true. So it's an excessive attention to appearance. It's trying to win things and achieve things so that other people notice how you are. It's using relationships like for status oh no, I can't be with that person because they don't have a good enough job. They don't have the status. They don't have the connections, right? So that is self-gratification as a response to something in your past when you made a decision about yourself, when you created a belief about yourself and made a decision. That's what's going on in the background, okay? So that self-gratification is the first way in this conversation where I said there's three ways, that's the first way. The second way is self-protection. So self-protection is what we do to distract ourselves from feeling pain. It's what we do to avoid what was never dealt with 30 years ago. And we've been spending 30 years avoiding dealing with it. So it's, it's the way that you manipulate your circumstances so that you don't have to feel pain again. So how might that look? That could look um, like a workaholic, somebody who's always, always, always busy. No, I no, can't stop and do that because I have this project. I have to get this done. Even on the weekends, I got to work in my house when I'm not working at my job. So a workaholic, somebody who doesn't know how to do downtime, self-protection because if they stay very busy and focused they don't have to go other places in their thinking and feeling it might also look like staying alone somebody who sort of avoids other people who just prefers to be by themselves they think it's because they're an intro, uh, introvert or because they're a loner but it's really a way of protecting themselves if i just don't get too connected then I'm not gonna feel less than. I'm not gonna feel judged. I'm not gonna feel like I'm not good enough. So I'm going to stay a little bit distant or I'm gonna stay alone a lot. It might also show up as perfectionism. So someone who is really, really driven. If they're in a meeting at work and anything is said, it will be perceived as a criticism. You know, it might just be a co-worker saying, what if we tried this? I love what you did, but what if we tried this? And right away it's like, oh, I did something that somebody's not okay with, like a drive to be perfect instead of being able to go, yeah, let's try that. That sounds like a great idea. So self-protection can show up as uh, being a workaholic. It can show up as keeping yourself alone. It can show up as trying to be perfect it can show up as hyperly controlling your circumstances. So I have to control everything. This The second I feel like I'm not in control, I'm not okay. I don't feel comfortable. So it might be controlling all the things that everybody in your house is doing. It might be controlling how everything plays out. So if you've got four kids and you are controlling how they're managing their lives. You know, yes, when children are little, we need to teach them how to do that. But now they're seniors in high school or even in college and you're hyperly controlling their lives and you're like, you know, got your hands on everything or you're checking in all the time with what they're doing. That's hyperly controlling your kids, but it can show up you know, with your parents, it can show up in your job, like, like I'm just going to be in control because as soon as I'm not, I don't feel okay. That's self-protection as a response to past trauma. Um, what else? Let's see. Trying to protect an image of yourself. So if you've created an image of yourself, that says certain things about you, and then life is going in a particular direction, and you can't maintain that image. Right? That is going to be a problem for you, which is very different than someone who's authentically living their life. When we authentically live, it's not for an image, it's it's for the things that make us happy, it's for you know our passion in life, it's for happiness having true focused relationships, things like that. So if you're working really hard on keeping an image, making sure your friend group knows you're right up there with everybody else, you've got the status, you've got the body, you've got the partner, you've got all of it, that is a response to a decision you made about yourself in the past. Okay. So those things, uh, self gratification, I gave you three of them, which is, uh, harmful actions around your five senses, eating, drinking, all of that inappropriate sexual behavior. Um, it's also, um, shows up around desires for stuff, buying a lot of things. It also shows up with being very prideful, which is somewhat similar to the self-protection where you're um, creating a mask or a certain image, right? Being very prideful of who you are and how you're how you're showing up in the world. Now, again, remember I said it's the why. There's nothing wrong with making sure you're showing up in the world, making sure you, um, you know, showing up with your best possible s- self forward, right? Showing up in a way that makes a difference, showing up as somebody who's, Looked up to. There is nothing wrong with that. It's when it's a drive, when the why behind it is telling you in your head, I'm not okay if I don't show up this way. That's when it becomes a problem. That's when it's driven from trauma. That's when, you know, life changes and you're immediately off kilter. Okay. Another way that past trauma is showing up in your life now could be harmful or um, yeah, I'm gonna say harmful beliefs about yourself and the world around you. So it's really living from a belief that the world is not safe, let's say. The world is not safe. I'm not safe when I go out into the world. I'm not safe when I go to the store. A lot of people got very traumatized with the pandemic, right, very, very fearful and if that fear is still in them and if the the beliefs that they created during that experience were my body's not good enough to handle this virus this is a deadly thing that i you know is going to get me i'm not safe if they are still living in that place that's trauma that's trauma that wasn't worked through that now is influencing how they live their life So that's just one example, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Didn't happen in childhood, necessarily. It just happened in the past three years, right? So we can experience trauma plenty of times throughout our lives. But if you notice patterns or you've had a way of running your life since you were young, since high school, if you have relationships that keep showing up in the same way, then the likelihood is that the trauma that's driving those um, happened in childhood. So Victoria, hi, Victoria says I totally get trauma childhood. Yeah. I mean, and again, for, for a lot of us, it's, it's normal life, but there's a lot of people growing up in alcoholic households. I did. There's a lot of people growing up after a loss of a parent. I did. My mom passed when I was four years old. There's a lot of people growing up in single households, there's a lot of people growing up in households where there's a lot of stress and anger. All of that is traumatic for children. If you didn't see the episode I did maybe a week or so ago, um, that episode was about more about specifically that and how those things affect children because children need three specific things to really develop In a whole place so they're not you know getting stuck in bad behaviors and striving to please everybody else and being a workaholic all of those things that's what shows up right so I talked in that episode about what children need um when they're growing up in order to develop in a whole and centered place so that was a couple of episodes ago um you can ask me a question or drop a comment and I'll send you the link for that if you want to hear that. But whether it's that kind of childhood trauma or more recent trauma, if it's not processed through and when we create the decision and the belief about ourselves that now defines how life goes, that's when we're stuck and willpower is not going to change it. Therapy about dealing with your circumstance is not going to change it. Therapy typically, and certainly therapy is good for a lot of things, but therapy is typically about the circumstances. We need to change the decision and the belief that we have inside ourselves in order to really release it and to really be able to live life the way you want. So Victoria says you hate it. Yes, alcoholic. You're sorry about my mom. Thank you. yeah, I, I lost my mom when I was uh, four and um, had an alcoholic dad, whom I adore, but he was an alcoholic and all the things that that goes with, except that he wasn't abusive, not abusive physically. He wasn't available emotionally. So there was that. Um, and I guess you have a bad marriage as well. So yes, Victoria, I'll definitely post the link from that episode. This is, this is streaming in multiple places, and it's a podcast. It's a new podcast. I just recently launch, launched it, but it is a podcast, so I'll give you the links. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, anywhere that you might listen to podcasts. It's called The Unconditioned Life because what I'm talking about is the conditioning and the programming that you've been living with and how to uncondition that so you can live the way you want to live and not as the effect of that so um yeah no I'm happy to connect with you Victoria thanks so anyway um so the unhealthy beliefs is where I was where I was right one example that I gave is I can't trust the world I'm not safe in the world another thing might be I can't trust the future I can't trust that I'm going to be okay in my life I'm going to be okay in, in my relationships. I'm going to be okay financially. I just don't trust that. I just am fearful, live in scarcity and lack because I'm afraid and I don't trust. Another unhealthy belief. So the one the examples that I'm giving you are about your external world. These are beliefs that we create about the external world. Here's a couple of examples of common ones that we create about ourselves. Um, not not good enough. And that might be, I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not old enough. It might be any of those under the umbrella of not enough, not good enough. So you look and see what other people are doing and what other people have. And in your heart and in your spirit, you're quite certain that that's not available for you. It's just not. You didn't get those straws. That's a trauma belief and a trauma decision. It's not the truth. So that's a very common one. Another one could be, I'm not lovable. Now, you might be married in a relationship. You might have kids in a family, but underneath it, from your past is the belief in the decision I'm not lovable so when you're in those relationships you don't fully give yourself because for you if you fully gave yourself if you were completely vulnerable if you really opened your heart and loved it wouldn't be accepted because you're not lovable So you don't do that. Remember, I said self-protection at the beginning, you know, about 20 minutes ago, we were talking about self-protection. So you don't do that in your relationships. You keep yourself at a little bit of an arm's distance. You know, if you have a partner and they say, you know, I love you, you look so amazing. And then it's like, oh, no, I don't. Oh, thanks. But you, you know, sort of hand is up, even if it's not. Physically, literally, up the hand is up, and it's like we're waiting for something, but meanwhile, life is going by. So, this conversation was all about the ways that past trauma is showing up in your life now and the patterns that we've created. So, it's self gratification if you can't stick with diets, if you need a glass of wine all the time, if you Um, unhealthy habits around sex, self-gratification around your physical senses. This is a, this is a recap. If you're just dropping on, there was self-gratification around buying things, needing to buy stuff. Let me, you know, that's why it's called retail therapy. (laughs) It's retail therapy because people use it to feel better, but they only feel better in the moment they get home and are like, why do I even have this? How many people could look in their closet and see stuff with the tags still on because they bought it to feel better in the moment but don't really want it or need it? So there's that. And other things. It might be, um, you know, collecting anything, over-collecting things. Again, it's the reason why you're doing it, not what you're doing. So there's nothing wrong with buying a new pair of shoes, but if you're buying you know, another pair of black shoes, just because it makes you feel good. That's where you want to look. That's where you want to shine the light. Okay. Then we talked about um, self-gratification in how you show up. Do I have the right house? Do I have the right partner? Do I have the right accolades? Do I have the right awards? Do I have the right body? Do I wear the right clothes? All of those things. And social media has really, um, you know, I think hammered this home for people because people look and see, and then there's a lot of self-doubt and a lot of criticism and a lot of shame because their life, their body doesn't look like what they see. Self-protection, work, being a workaholic, being a perfectionist, staying alone, keeping yourself away from others, um, extreme shyness, extreme... Anything in the extreme, because you're using it to block out, this is a way to numb yourself from pain. So that was all in the beginning of the conversation. And then we just wrapped up the second half, which was the unhealthy beliefs that we create and that are driving your life. I'm not okay. I'm not safe. The world isn't safe. I can't trust that my life will turn out. I can't trust that I'll be okay financially, I'm not lovable, I'm not enough. Those are the common ones. So if you saw yourself in any of that conversation, if you have been sort of coping and dealing through life, through this lens and this filter, what I really want you to take away from this conversation is It's just a response that you created, and it doesn't have to be the way your life goes. It doesn't. If you look at the people that you you see, and you're like, why can't I be like her? How come she can handle it? How come that relationship looks great? How come she's able to take care of herself and not work herself to death? How come, how come, how come? It is possible, but you have to, you have to unwind that trauma, find those hidden beliefs, heal in your spirit and your heart, not just here. Just here is the willpower. That's the, okay, this is the diet that will work. Here I go, and then it doesn't. That's the willpower. You've got to heal it here. So the way I work with women in a lot of different ways, there's a very comprehensive program that goes into all aspects of that. That's the Return, Restore, Renew program. Um, I'm just coming to the end of it with a group of amazing ladies. And so there's some spots open in the next week or two if you want to have a conversation about that, if you want to really dig in as to what that might look like. And again, that's a very comprehensive program. There's other ways that I work with people as well. So um, I would like to try to meet people where they are. I'm a spiritual coach. I have training as a whole life coach, which is a very spiritual perspective. I'm right now, we just started two weeks ago, um, a 12 week spiritual um, healing course. There's about 10 ladies in there, 10 or 12. Um, And we're just working on the spirituality part of that. And so, and there's a couple of other options. So if you wanna have a conversation, drop me a comment. I'd be happy to speak with you. I hope this sheds some light on maybe some patterns or things that have been happening in your life that you're not happy with and you just don't know how to get unstuck. Okay. This is the place where you want to look. All right. Have a great weekend. I will see you next week. We try to come on here three times a week. um, So I'll see you next week. And if you've been watching me at all, I a few times a week have my coffee early in the morning and chat with you over a cup of coffee, short five minutes, about something thing that I think will make a difference. So if you have any questions about any topics, please drop them and I'll try to answer them. Okay. Thanks, Victoria. Thanks for listening. Thanks everybody else. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review. If you are ready to truly leave an overwhelmed life of stress and struggle behind and live as God intended, whole, joyful, and connected, please reach out or go to lindadowneycoaching.com, my website, for more information. Give yourself some grace and kindness today and every day, and I hope to see you on the next episode of The Unconditioned Life.